Welcome to Ghoul's Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. I'm here with my sister, Jody. Hello. So, we are doing a happy hour this episode, if you didn't already notice. Um, and we have chosen the documentary called Sasquatch. It is on Hulu. And there's actually only three episodes so far. And we did not know that was going to happen. So we did the first two episodes this week. And then we're going to do probably a regular episode next week and then revisit, I think. So are you, what did you think first? So far, I don't know. It's, uh, it's interesting. It's very interesting, but for sure. It's, I, I think it's... It's the first few episodes, and you know how, like, in a TV show or something, you, you got to get into it. Yeah. So, I think that's what this, you know, these are. It's just kind of starting to get into it. Right. And one thing that I definitely noticed was it was one of those things where you went back and forth. Yeah. You were like, okay, so it's totally real. Like, no question. Mm-hmm. And then... Maybe it's not. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it, it is very interesting. Um, so we're just going to discuss. So the, it starts off, it's a man named David Holthouse. He is an investigative journalist. And he starts talking about the fall of 1993. So he was 23 years old. He was visiting a good buddy working on a cannabis farm in Northern California. So he's driving to meet this friend. So it's a foggy drive. It's raining. He said it rained really hard pretty much the whole time he was there. Oh, and I love the the uh, cartoon, by the way. Yes, the, <laughs> the animation. Yes, animation. That's what I was trying to think. Yeah. <laughs> when they're going down the road and it's turning yeah it's like uh, 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 yeah it's not very great <laughs> animations but <laughs> it'll it's work. different so um okay so he said basically he's surrounded by huge trees going you know up to this cannabis farm it's like a redwood forest isn't it i believe so yeah um it's completely covered by the you know the sky is basically non-existent when you're in there the Mm -hmm. the branches cover it this is a very very big forest no daylight coming in so he gets to the town of uh brancombe brancombe california he arrives um and his friend picks him up he said there's nothing but gated properties um and All of them are marked no trespassing for a reason. So basically everybody is very private up there. You know, they don't want anybody on their property. So they they get to where his friend is staying, which is just a building. Yeah. No, No heat, no water, no electricity, nothing. And they start working. So the next day he's working around all these guys who are... You know, I've been there for a while and they they're all of them are talking about Sasquatch and how 
it's it's a real thing and it's around there um and they're scaring people they all talk about bluff charges mm-hmm. which are like you can hear them charging but then they'll turn away yeah growling throwing rocks these big rocks Bold, like boulders right and you know they're all talking about this and this this guy is th- he thinks they're fucking with him he thinks that they're trying to scare him or hazing basically yeah. because he's the yeah. new guy they also talk about whether it's one Sasquatch or multiple. They don't know if, you know, if there's multiple, like, around the whole place. Or if it's just one that's, you know, traveling. So the second night, he's he's working with them. And they're sitting in this building that they're all staying in after they they got back. And the owner gets a phone call. He said he could tell it was a really tense conversation and the owner kept saying, you just, you got to keep him mellow, keep him mellow. And finally this truck pulls up, these two guys come in, they're soaking wet and muddy and one of them is panicking. And, um, this, this guy, David is just trying to stay out of sight. Basically, yeah, he's, he's just he, minding his own business. Right. Cuz you know, he basically it, this guy is panicking and it's making everybody uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So uh he hears this guy that's panicking saying, "No, the weed is still there. It's it wasn't a ripoff. So the weed is still there." And then he hears the owner say, "Are you sure they're dead?" And then the guy that's freaking out is like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, yeah, they're dead. They were, like, ripped apart and mangled. And then the quieter guy of the two agreed that he saw two. And then the panicky guy says, they, we have to warn everybody. There were three bodies torn to, to pieces. The owner's trying to shush him. Like, you know, keep him calm. And then he basically screams, a Bigfoot killed those guys. And that was the beginning. Yes. Oh. Okay, so then there's the intro that I just wanted to go over a little bit. The people that are, they're being interviewed from a really long time ago. You can tell it was like probably the 50s or 60s. Um, And the way that they're talking is so matter of fact about Bigfoot. And it's super (laughs) weird. And it's also the way they're they're talking, it's kind of strange to me. Like um, the guy was like, the smell was so offensive, I shan't stay around any longer. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, you know, it was just really weird. And then this guy, you can tell it's, again, it's really old footage. And he's showing a sign that that Bigfoot supposedly marked or scratched. Oh, the scratch, yeah. No fucking way. Okay, <laughs> these claw marks are so close together. Uh-huh. Something really small. Yeah, scratch. That's what that. I was thinking, and it wasn't. It was. It was like it wasn't very deep either. No, it, it was, was like no, like honey, no. <laughs> um, they will see what they want to see. Well, then right after that, they say they're seven to nine feet tall, three or four hundred pounds. <laughs> so I like that sign. It, like no, and one guy said that they're. Eyes are very knowing, which I'm like, how do you know that? <laughs> and they they said that there are that there are bears around there, but bears don't do the things that they're finding. So it's it's 
you know, they think it's Bigfoot. They believe yeah. it. And wasn't that, didn't they also say that, because so, you know some of the things that people say, it's like, well, how come we've never found a carcass right? a, a Bigfoot or whatever? And the guy was like, well, how often do you find the carcasses of bears? That's, yeah, that's that's what I was getting at. Um, I meant to write that too. But yeah, they, they would say there are, I actually put that in my notes. Hold on. Maybe I didn't. But yeah, they said there were like, I bet it's in my notes because I remember writing it. But there was like 600 um, black bears in mm -hmm. that area, around yeah. 600. And with the guy, it was the professor, and we'll get we'll get back to this. But um, but yeah, he said that it by his estimate, there's about 300 Bigfoot out there. And um, you know, if you don't ever see a bear carcass when there's twice as many of those why would you ever see a Bigfoot carcass? So, so yeah. Okay, so going back to David, he comes back in and he said he has a bunch of stories to tell. This just wasn't one that he told anyone because they wouldn't believe him. Yeah, yeah. he said it sounded ridiculous. Right. And by the way, these are exactly the stories that we are looking for. The kind that you don't think people will believe. Yes. So write in, please. please. Podcast at gmail.com. Okay, then he started thinking that he couldn't have been remembering this night right. You know, he mm -hmm. was like, there's no way that I'm remembering this right. So he goes to square one. So he starts looking up missing persons reports from that time. Nothing. There's no three males missing in that area at that time. And, you know, he's an investigative journalist. And he says that... The real story is never told during nine to five hours. So he's, you know, all about going into these different worlds. He is he has a knack for blending into these different worlds. He has um, he he went undercover with Chicano street gangs on both sides of a turf war. Mm -hmm. What? What? The stuff he has done is crazy. I know. Running drugs for drug mules. Stayed up 72 hours with meth heads, going undercover with neo-Nazi skinheads, mm -hmm. and reporting on all of this shit. Yeah. So it's crazy. So yeah, this guy has some really fucking, uh, fucking crazy stories, and this is his craziest. Mm -hmm. So he, he says he wouldn't just walk away and forget about it, even if the people just got murdered. He wanted to find out the yeah. truth, like yeah. what was going on. Um, so he calls the friend that he was going to... Meet up and, you know, who got him this job, which he basically says he had the same experience. He basically used the same words that David used to to describe this. And so he was, you know, yeah, I am remembering this right. This has yeah. to be right. And then the guy that he's talking to is like, you know, I I wanted to forget this. Why are you bringing this up now? And... He's, he said that the bodies were torn up. He was scared the whole time he was there. He asked him if he could get a hold of the guy, like the owner. And he didn't have any new information for him. The only He gave him two names. And they were both the people that he had already thought of. Yeah. So he wanted to know, oh, but going back, he wanted to know why he was doing this. Which that question kind of set him back a little bit. You know, he was like, why am I doing this? 
it's ridiculous. You know, Bigfoot murdered three guys on a dope farm. He, you know, look, he looks like he's like, what the, f- what the fuck? Nobody's going to believe we that. We never did tell anybody what he was doing at that, for that job. Well, he was picking can, uh, the, he was on the cannabis farm. Yeah. Well, we never said that. Well, yeah, I did. No, you did. Yeah, I did. I didn't remember. I said he was going to, well, I said he was going to the cannabis farm. Yeah, visiting a good buddy working on a cannabis farm in Northern California. Anyway. <laughs> He's on a cannabis farm. Yes. Anyway, so. And there's, that's what was all up there. Oh, yeah. Was cannabis farms or people that decided to go off grid. Well, yeah, I'm getting to that. So the reason why he's doing this now, like 25 years later or whatever, is because he has to know the truth. Basically, he's a journalist. Yeah, he needs to find out what really happened. Exactly. So basically, there are uh, three counties, and it's called the Emerald Triangle. So there's Humboldt County, Mendocino County, and Trinity County. And they are known for great cannabis plants. Everything up there grows better than anywhere else in the world. And stories have been passed down from the indigenous people for hundreds of years over, you know, in that area. Um, So it's, you know, when people are talking about Bigfoot over there, it really starts because they believe it 100%. So it really feels like it's not such an unlikely story when you go up there and start talking to people about Bigfoot. And the, he said the woods up there, just in general, is a spooky place. It feels like you're being watched no matter where you are. So this place, these three counties in particular, have a really dark history. Lots of blood spills in those woods. Um, there was the 1860s gold rush. Hordes of white uh, front, frontiersmen brutalizing the indigenous people, committing massacres, including a number um, towards the Wiat tribe. I guess they snuck into their camp in the middle of the night, shot the men, probably in their sleep, um, then switched to knives, hatchets, and axes, and slaughtered the women, children, and elderly. Mm, Fucking horrible. Um, So the gold rush dies down, and the tree, or the timber industry, booms. It goes up. So loggers are taking down all these trees, stripping the land of its natural resources, so 95% of the original trees are cut down, some of them a thousand years old, and they're just gone. So at this point, hippies and these back to the landers people mm-hmm. start moving in. So back to the landers will come up again, and it's just basically a hippie group. Yeah. So living off the land and exactly. They're it it, it draw they're drawn to the lawlessness of the place because you know where there's no laws, there's freedom. Yeah. So people, you know, they want to go off the grid. So um our first guest is Christopher uh Deanstag. Deanstag. He is a former cannabis farmer, just basically talking about um the community that these people are building. Then there's Molly Sinaway. She is a back to the lander. She's saying that so many people wanted the same thing out there. They just wanted to, you know, live their life, raise kids, just be free, do their own thing. They had one outhouse, one kerosene lamp, no electricity, no running water, nothing. Horrible. Yeah, it would be so bad. It would be horrible. (laughs) 
But you know, it was the seventies. The people were all about it. They they loved it. Could you it. imagine someone trying to go back now? No. And doing that? Hell no. <laughs> That's a joke. You'd be like, where is my phone? Where is my TV shows? <laughs> Okay, so then our next guest is Ghost Dance. <laughs> He's He's, he is funny. He's a cannabis <laughs> farmer. Uh, just basically saying what a beautiful place it was to live. That's why people were drawn. Um, and then there's Charles Carlson. Uh, he's a back to the lander. He, you know, it was the age of Aquarius. Vietnam War had just ended. Everyone was thinking everything was magical, thinking that everything was going to be unicorns and rainbows up there. Um, they just, again, wanted to get back to nature and raise their kids. Not a whole lot up there in ways of earning a living. So they started getting into marijuana by default. That was basically the only thing. And there was money in it. There was a lot of money in yeah. it. Okay, so now we come back to Ghost Dance. He's back on and he's rolling up himself a doobie. <laughs> and he gets super stoned right away. Uh-huh. And um, then they go back to Charles and, you know... He's basically just saying that this is the perfect place to grow pot, grow anything, because, again, everything up there, it's perfect for growing. And then Ghost Dance finds Bigfoot on camera. (laughs) Super stoned old dude. And he brings out this toy Bigfoot (laughs) and it is hilarious. And then he basically you can tell that he was asked if he believed and he is just He's one of those people that you have to see to believe it. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't seen anything. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, and then then we go back to Charles. And he starts talking about how they have a sweet, musky smell. Yeah. and Which is not what I've heard. That's literally what I wrote down. I, I put... they. I have not heard. I heard they don't smell good at all. At all. And then was he talking about Bigfoot periods? Um, I think he said something about the Bigfoot moon cycles and why it smells sweet. Oh. He's kind of creepy. I I must have. You probably blocked it out because it was bad. Did. I don't remember that. But yeah, he started talking about the sweet musky smell and the moon cycles mm. for the Bigfoots. So okay. I thought Bigfoot period. I, I didn't that's, know what he was talking about. That's what it sounds like to me. Moving on. <laughs> okay, so David comes back on. He's contacting everybody he can to find out who was involved in the early 90s with cannabis farming. And nothing. Mm-hmm. Nobody's saying anything. Um, they, they, everyone's saying they've never heard anything like that. He gets laughed at by this guy. And literally this guy said, it's the funniest thing he's ever heard, (laughs) but he's totally into the alien stuff about the Navy. That's, that's been talking about (laughs) what? And, um, why would he believe aliens, but not Bigfoot? Because it says it on the news. Like, that's real. But he literally laughed at him because of Bigfoot. But he's like, oh, but I totally believe in aliens. (laughs) And David's like, what? Like, seriously, he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. So anyway, he ends up hiring a private investigator. He's an ex-cop. And he's familiar with the dope worlds or contacts. 
And they're going to, you know, he's going to go another way because he's not getting any information on his own. So next comes um, James Bobo Fay, which is he one of the guys from that Sasquatch Hunter show? Is he the one that had the stupid thing on his beard? I don't know. I don't know. But he is a Sasquatch hunter. And I think he's the guy from the Bigfoot hunting show. But he looks really different than he did then. And also, what's wrong with him? <laughs> because he's super weird. He is very... <laughs> and that's... I couldn't get past the... the Maybe he did have... Because I was more listening to to it than watching no. it. So Yeah, he had a... It was a beard and then he had like... Like a bead? No, it was like a, a rubber band. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It looked stupid. Like a beard ponytail? Kind of, but it's like the, the rubber band or whatever he used went all the way down. Oh. Hmm. Anyway, so he said that he, this Bobo guy, he said he has heard of several instances where Bigfoots have been aggressive or violent. He said he's heard of men being ripped apart. Um, one in particular, arms, legs, and head ripped off. Mm. And he also said when you walk out there, all Bigfoot sees is a slab of meat. Don't trust him, is what he says. So David starts looking for squatchers because... You know, he wants to get more information. Um, also, growers are looking for the same landscape as Sasquatch hunters. That You know, deep, remote, inaccessible, and have, has water. Mm-hmm. They need the same, the same conditions, so they run into each other a lot. Yeah. Um, and then there's Jerry Hine. He comes in. He's a Sasquatch hunter. Stories about... Was he the cute old man? I don't know. There was a cute old man. I can't remember what his name was, though. I think I know who you're talking about. That's not him. Oh, okay. So he just basically says that he had heard of 10-foot tall pot plants that had the tops had been snapped off. Like the big the big foots just eat them mm. like, like it's nothing. And, you know, the pot is still there. If it was human, they would steal it. Yeah. So yeah. they're just, you know, who would do that? Who else would do that? Mm-hmm. Uh, Then Bobo comes back and he basically, he makes a good point. He says, people think that where would a Bigfoot hide? And he's absolutely right. There is so much land that is covered that no one has ever seen. And, you know, people would have to be stupid to think that they couldn't hide out there. Oh, yeah. Because there is thousands of acres that is so remote, nonstop mountains, rivers, lakes, forks, you know, thousands of miles. Mm-hmm. So there's absolutely... There's probably caves and all kinds of stuff out yeah, there. Yeah, things that people have never seen before. Yeah. So, you know, it's true because that was one of the, the things that I always thought. Like, someone would find one or, you know, like, see a dead one or something, but it's possible that nobody's just come across it yeah okay so then they start talking about the patterson gimlin film Mm -hmm. which is it was filmed in that area and still to this day the the most talked about bigfoot evidence since the yeah 67 and all other evidence is compared to this film so it's like the most you know highly talked about and analyzed piece of bigfoot evidence 
And then Bob Giblin is, I think, the guy, the little cute old man that you're talking about. Hmm. I don't think it was one of the Patterson people. I don't know. Then maybe, maybe. So nothing, he says nothing can exist like a Bigfoot. There's nothing out there like it. Every day they, him and this Patterson guy would ride through the mountains to look for Bigfoot. They were actually searching for Bigfoot. They were 20 days into their search and one was there looking at them, which is the film. Mm -hmm. So then you see the famous turn and that turn was apparently her looking at Gimlin getting off his horse because he made some noise and he thought, oh my God, they do exist. Like, holy shit. He said that he has never heard of them being aggressive or anything like that. He's actually heard about them protecting people before and, you know, going the opposite direction. Yeah. So he says to go in the woods with apprehension and an open mind if you're going to go look for Bigfoot. Then um, Sasquatch hunters and life partners come in. <laughs> Wayne and George's. Yeah, that was weird. I don't know. George's? Yeah, I guess. His name is George's. <laughs> we're, okay, and then they, you could tell they were asked, where do they differ when it comes to Bigfoot? Mm -hmm. And George's says that Wayne believes that they can teleport and cloak when they, they start arguing. And he's like, no, don't give me that bullshit. I don't believe that. You know, they, <laughs> um, and Wayne thinks that he is blood and guts Human, being, creature, whatever. Yeah. Wayne walked into the woods with some noises following him. That's that's why he got into Bigfoot. And George's, he, uh, as a kid, saw eyes out of his window at 2 a.m. Yes. And he screamed. Yes. Um, Wayne was camping and he said that his tent was being squashed down and he was screaming and then the tent let go and he heard something run off. But both has never seen anything definitively. And that's basically all that they were on there for. Yeah. I, they, I really wasn't I, sure why. They're probably going to be back on. But. Probably. Then uh, Jim Murphy comes on. His He was Scared shitless. That is putting it nicely. Yeah. This man was terrified. So he's a retired police officer. He was fishing at the time, having some trouble getting out a description. He's fucking freaking out, even thinking about it. Yeah. Freaking out. He was in his car. Yes. Safe as can be, but he was shaking. Yeah, he's freaking he out. he looked like he was getting ready to cry. He, oh, I say that too. Okay, so he says... He said at first it stank really bad. He said um, it had hair all over like dreadlocks and it was going through the water, but he didn't know what it was. Um, I put him freaking out. Mm -hmm. He said he heard a scream like a banshee and turned and ran, never went back. He started crying. So scared, poor man, is what I put. Yeah. So scared. How did it did he say how long ago it was? It was a long time ago, yeah, too. So it's like that stuck with him. Absolutely. This Big man time. was either the best actor in the entire exactly. world. Or that man was fucking terrified. Yes. Which, oh my God. Um, okay, so then this professor comes on. He's from Idaho State University, Dr. Jeff Meldrum. Professor of Anatomy and Anthropology. Um, and he was asked, what question are you asked the most? And it was, do you believe? He says, no, I don't. 
he said, have you ever accepted something in the absence of evidence? Mm. Just accepted it. Basically, that's what he believes that they're asking him. Yeah. Are you accepting something without any evidence whatsoever? So, no, he's not. And I put such a professor answer mm, to a yeah, question. Yeah. Um, he says he's, he's convinced by evidence. And the footprint evidence was the most substantial in his opinion. And he said that with as many footprints that have been found over, you know, the course of time, there's no way it can be a hoax, which I was like, yeah, holy there's, shit. There's not that many people out there that are going to exactly. waste their time hoaxing right. Bigfoot. Right. Oh, and was so that the bill? Was he in that room that had like all those casts of feet? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're everywhere. And then going back to our earlier conversation, um, I said, thinks that there are about 300 Bigfoot and there are at least 600 black bears. Where are the bear carcasses? Mm -hmm. So it's rare to find a black bear carcass. So what makes people think, basically? Yeah. Of course, you know, honestly, I don't run into carcasses much at all. So Well, <laughs> and you do go out in the woods quite a bit. Yeah. So. <laughs> my, my carcasses are on the side of the road. <laughs> yeah. That's as close as I get to carcasses. Yeah, me too, as I fly by them. <laughs> And he basically says, never go out into the woods, not protected. So mm -hmm. no matter what. Just don't go. Exactly. And I don't know why I put this, but I said, super strong, throws logs and could throw a car and could easily tear a person apart. I don't know if that was him saying his opinion, but I wrote that. Um, okay. So then he goes back to the PI guy. And he has a friend that used to grow pot that has heard about Sasquatch. Um, and then... David is asked, how confident are you that murders actually occurred? Like, yeah. any other question, are you sure people got murdered? And he keeps going back to what he knows he heard that night. He heard this terrified, traumatized guy convinced that he saw three bodies mutilated, mangled, torn to pieces, and Sasquatch did it. Like, that's what this guy believed. He said that when he came into the place, the temperature changed. Like, he could tell this guy was that freaked out. And said it feels like he's grabbing at smoke at this point. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then David found Razor. And this guy was growing cannabis in the early 90s in Mendocino County. He asked him about the murders. And... He says he's definitely heard about them. He he actually kind of left it like an open-ended question. And this razor guy filled in yeah. everything that, that David remembered. But he said that he heard about three Mexican workers found at a camp. And the story stood out to him because he had heard it several times when it happened. Um, and it happened on a farm on Spy Rock Road. So then Ghost Dance is back. <laughs> Ghost Dance. <laughs> um, you think he gave himself that name? Absolutely. 100% <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and then he starts talking about uh, petroglyphs, which I really meant to look those up and I forgot. But he said that the oldest engraved petroglyphs in the whole United States are there. And it so there's already mysticism up at the spy rock mm -hmm. 
He doesn't recommend going and just walking around. Outsiders aren't welcome there. Yeah, I wouldn't go. Back. No. Mm-hmm. So kind of going back to uh, Razor, the geography, time frame matched, what he remembers and where he was at the time all match. So we're in California desert now. David meets Razor. He was raised by Hell's Angels in the 60s. Grew up 60, uh, 70s, 80s, 90s with other cannabis farmers. He's very well respected up there. Everyone else didn't give him a date for the story. And he he didn't want to feed them any information. That's why he left it kind of open. But Razor immediately nailed the mm-hmm. time frame, the, you know, the place, everything. So they said that their biggest threat up there was Bigfoot. And are they going to get attacked? It was a lot to deal with. Everybody was stressed out. And then this is the end of the first episode. So basically, there's like an outro. And David gets three text messages from this PI that he'd been working with. They said, quote, I feel morally and ethically bound to warn you that you are venturing into dangerous territory. Quote, unlike you, I live here and have family to protect. You Please be careful. Mm-hmm. And that was the end of episode one. Yeah. So I was like, what the fuck is going on? That's really weird. Um, okay. So episode two. Honestly, this episode was really uh, uneventful. Yeah. It started off with Bob Heronymus. I don't know if I said that right. Self-proclaimed Sasquatch hoaxer. Yes. He said... He, and he's sitting there with a gigantic Bigfoot head, which is weird. Um, But he said that Patterson and Gimlin paid him $1,000 to put this Sasquatch suit on. um, But he couldn't tell anybody. Mm -hmm. Can't tell anybody. He said, okay. And for 35 years, he denied it. He said he put his legs in first, then his arms, and they zipped it up. And he was afraid of getting shot. Yeah. Um, I'm not convinced that that happened what you think it's real i don't i don't know i I, you know i don't know but gimlin starts talking about him and his size which this guy uh bob that was talking in the beginning he's sitting on a chair but he's a small dude yeah really small guy yeah and i was like exactly because that's the first thing that gimlin said was this guy's really small like there's no no way um, but that's exactly what I thought. The guy was super small. And you can tell he's small just by looking at him on camera. And then he gets caught lying on camera. He said that um, Gimlin doesn't acknowledge his existence. He won't talk to him. He won't wave at him. And um, Gimlin's wife off camera, she's like, um, he waves to you. <laughs> yeah. And he like can, he still is like, oh, yeah, he's waved to me a couple times. But he still won't acknowledge my existence. Like, Dude, yeah. he got caught in a fucking lie yeah. on camera talking about hoaxing a lie. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> so that, immediately, I'm like, dude, you suck. I don't. I and did not said, like that dude. Uh, something about his right hip. He said, "Oh, wait, you look can at see my, his wallet. Look at my right hip. That's my. I was wearing jeans. That's my wallet. Who? Nobody can see that. No." no. No, he was, was a weirdo. Yeah, he, I did not, he was not credible at all to me. And it just doesn't look like a suit to me. It doesn't. It looks real to me. 
Um, and with everyone, everyone's analysis over all this time, how many people have studied it? You know, like, well, and if nobody... you look at it and just, I mean, like the arm length. Yeah. I it don't know. It really looks authentic to me. It yeah. really does. Okay, so going back to David and Razor, they're talking, and Razor actually gives him two pieces of information that he didn't know before, which is that they were three Mexican workers, and it was um, it happened at Spy Rock, or on Spy Rock Road, specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this PI that David was working with won't return his calls, texts, emails, nothing. Super weird, like, what the fuck? So David calls Razor and uh, wants to talk, and Razor agrees. They start looking into old newspaper archives, and there are a lot of things that happen in that area, but nothing like what he's looking for. No three guys murdered, you know, nothing like that. And then they zoom into one paragraph, and it says, At least 100 marijuana plants found at the Spy Rock Road residence where one man was murdered and another wounded. But the article was talking about the pot, not the fucking murders. Like, what? (laughs) Guys got murdered and you're worried about some plants. Like, there's really priorities that are not being met Mm -hmm. here. Okay, so uh, Razor's talking about Spy Rock Road and how you are completely cut off up there. Nobody's around. Then Ghost Dance comes back. um, And Hell's Angels apparently control that part of the mountains. So the area was protected by them. But lots of shit happened up there. So Hell's Angels, they used to be really bad. Really, yeah. They're not so much anymore I don't think so, no. Because I've heard a lot about them doing like charity, like charity yeah. work and stuff like that. Yeah, I think it's way different now. Yeah. But so pot is easy to grow, not easy to protect. So if you don't get respect from your neighbors, you have to instill fear, basically. Mm-hmm. So this is basically what Razor did. Um, it was a war zone. DEA is trying to eradicate pot plants. Um, David thought it was some peaceful utopia that he was going to go work on, but everyone was carrying guns. Um, heavily armed hippies, literally. Yeah. Um, they would set booby traps. Um, they would check, maintain, and install booby traps, uh, setting small game traps, setting up motion sensors, they all put this crap. Fish hooks on fishing line right. around the pot plants. Yeah, so yeah. So you couldn't just walk in and and try to take them. Right. They, yeah, they were going nuts. Yeah. So th- at this time, DEA made weed top priority. Everyone was super paranoid. And then this camp thing starts. It's a campaign against marijuana marijuana planting. I put ug. Mhm. Dave Ferranto, camp commander, fuck you idiot is what I put. Uh, developed in 1982. Ugh, that's when I was born. Fuck you. Um, and they wanted to eradicate marijuana in California, period. That now, was their only priority. What they wanted to do was be a group of people that could do whatever they wanted. Whatever they want. Which I'll get to that. Whenever they wanted. I'll get to that. A bunch of assholes. Exactly. Basically. Exactly on a fucking power trip. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so Molly Sinaway is back. 
Um, she found out about camp when helicopters started flying over where their kids went to school. They were scared. These people were full combat gear, automatic rifles mm-hmm. coming in. They would go to one farm to the next, cutting everything down. Fuck you. Farms gone in a matter of an afternoon. People pissed for good reason. People being like chased by helicopters. Come on. What the fuck? So Ron Sinaway, which I'm assuming is Molly's husband, comes on. He was actually a lawyer fighting for these families that happened to live up there. Had nothing to do with marijuana whatsoever. If you lived in these counties, you were not protected. Period. It didn't matter if you were just living there. You were in that area. So they were at, they were coming after you. Families that weren't involved with anything. Officers came in the area and shot their dogs. Mm-hmm. Cops were above the law in this area. Dirty, dirty hippies didn't matter, basically, is what yeah. they were saying. Yeah. Dehumanizing everyone up there over some pot. Then Mark Saez, whatever, camp officer, showing off some stupid patches. Um, thinks his movie quote is hilarious and he doesn't even know what movie it was from. Um, but it said, if you, if you plan it, it, we will come. That's from field of dreams. He didn't know what the fuck he was talking about, but he thought he was hilarious. Oh, he, he, wasn't he the one that was like, oh, it was great. Loved it. That's my time of my life. My next sentence. Loved it. Loved it. Of course he did. Of course he did. He was a white man. On a power trip. On a power trip. Absolutely. And uh, that was my next sentence. He loved it. I put total douche. Idiots on a fucking power trip would come in and take everything from these people. Even smoke their pot. Yeah. What the fuck? They would tear it all down. And then at the end of the day, they would smoke smoke some pot. Yeah, fuck you. So basically, they were working hard for these plants. And they can't get caught now. So they're hiding their plants. Um, prices skyrocket families become very protective um, of who you allowed onto your camp even visitors setting up security um, and then a store opened that was close that was selling guns and you know security equipment everyone paranoid all the time lots of people left at this point and some turned into protectors of their money like that was their their biggest priority and it was becoming a dangerous place so next is there's a confidential informant that David is calling and this guy wants to meet. He agrees to meet him at a bar and David says he feels really comfortable around criminals and they feel comfortable around him. So meets this guy, very racist man. Mm-hmm. Uh, racism is really bad in that area, especially in the nineties. If anyone disappears, their families wouldn't know where to begin to look or tell authorities like, if you disappeared and you were a Mexican farmer, you had no family up here, mm-hmm. you would just disappear. Yeah. Nobody would look for you. These guys were supposed to be, you know, Mexican people that may not have had families that lived in the U.S. Then we meet Diana. And we really don't know anything about her. She's um, she's from Mexico. She came from Mexico at the age of four. And said that they they come here to learn about growing and to see what it would be like to make a lot of money at once. Yeah. But they don't know the dangers of it. And they're risking their lives to do this. People start going nuts up there. The guy, okay, so the guy that came in freaked out that night 
David actually learned later that that guy was on crystal meth yeah. at the time. Yeah. So, you know, at this point, he's like, well, how credible is this guy? Mm-hmm. He didn't know that at the time, but he was dealing with a lot of people that were doing meth at the same time. And he called him the ruthless and toothless. <laughs> <laughs> so basically... Even when, you know, after this really freaked out conversation that this guy had, you know, going back to that night when David was on that farm, even after he left, the owner was like, oh, that was fucking weird. Yeah, and, he went and about his business. Yeah, they just laughed it off, basically. Didn't talk about it anymore at mm-hmm. all. So this confidential source won't be on camera. They met at a restaurant. And it closes, and it's just them left. They're the only person. And this guy says, so I hear you're looking into the three guys that someone, they they bleep out the name, greased back in 93. As if it was common knowledge. Like, he just says it out of the blue. And this guy that supposedly killed these guys worked on a farm owned by Hell's Angels. Hell's Angels. Yep. So this guy that they bleeped out his name, Razor won't even talk about him. Like he's a yeah, dangerous guy. Razor was like, mm, yeah. As soon as he, as he soon immediately as immediately shut it. Yeah. If anybody heard this guy's name, except for Ghost Dance, yeah. um, <laughs> if anybody heard this guy's name, they were like, no, I'm not talking about. It. So he must be really fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. And then Diana is back, and we finally find out who she is. So in 2013. Her uncle, Hugo Lopez, was asleep in a tent and murdered in his sleep through the wall of the tent was shot. She loves him and misses him very much. Very sad. And Ghost dances back on and he's trying to get in touch with this mysterioso guy that they keep blank, you know, bleeping mm-hmm. out his name. And he gets him on the phone. And that's the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. So... And Ghost Dance also said he was a good neighbor. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Ghost Dance was all about this guy that nobody wants yeah, to talk about. Yeah. Um, so those were basically the first two episodes of this. It's very interesting. And there is a third episode, but we wanted to do two at a time. So, again, we're going to do a regular episode next week. And then hopefully we will revisit this and figure out what the fuck is going on. Yes. And if there's actually Sasquatches in Northern California. So, that's it. You got anything else? No, not really. Okay. It was... It's interesting. Well, I, but And again, when you're watching it the entire time, you're like, okay, it's a dangerous place. They were totally murdered by people. Yeah. And then... Okay, well, what about these footprints? And why was the top of the pot plants bit off? And, and why were they, were their arms and yeah? Legs why were they mangled? Off? Yeah, they were mangled. I mean, apparently, if you, to me, if it's a person or you know a group like Hell's Angels or whatever, they're going to use guns. Yeah, it wouldn't be that personal yeah. of an attack. Their pot would be gone. Yes, I mean it would just. It would be a totally different situation. So what the fuck? Yeah. Oh my gosh, it is. It's very interesting and suspenseful. And I want to know really bad, but I guarantee we're going to watch this whole thing and nobody's going to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we have to have hope. He's a very, he's a good he is. Uh, journalist, investigative journalist. So 
So maybe, maybe he'll figure it out. Yeah. And there were, like, if you guys want to watch it, there were a few things I didn't talk about that just didn't have anything to do with the story at all. But it was Mm -hmm. more about David. So, you know, if you want to learn more about him and the things that he used to do in his past and everything, that was a little bit more in there. But it didn't have anything to do with the actual story. So I kind of left it out. Yeah. But... But yeah, he's, it's, he's lived a very crazy interesting life. life. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, send in your stories. We still need them. Ghoulsnightoutpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to comment on your thoughts on Sasquatch, we want to hear it. Uh, you can look us up on Facebook, ask to join the group, rate, review, and subscribe. And we'll talk to you next week. Later. Bye.